Welcome to the Snowboarding Podcast, All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding. I'm Chris Rogers. And I'm Nick Alfieri. This is the podcast where myself and Chris talk about all the life lessons we've learned from snowboarding, not just the good ones, but some of the struggles we've had along the way. So please stay tuned for this week's episode. Okay, welcome to this week's episode. I can't believe it's episode 22. This week, we're talking about what to look for in a snow sports school when thinking of applying. I think that this is, well, first of all, this is an episode that was sent in to us, a request by a guy named Josh Taylor. So shout out to Josh Taylor for sending this one in. Uh, I think it was a good topic, and I think it's important, an important topic to be able to find a snow sports school that fits your needs and your desires. When you look across the U.S. and and especially across the world, there's definitely personalities to ski schools. And, And if you look at different resorts, there's like a personality to the resort and the way they promote themselves, whether it's a big, uh, like park resort or a little family learn to ski area, or like one of the big mega resorts that are, you know, attracting high, high end clientele. Like there's different personalities to the resorts themselves. And then within that, you've got personalities to the ski schools. And, and I do think it's important to think about the kind of environment that you are going to thrive in when you're looking at a, at a ski school or, or looking, looking to become an instructor and start working at a resort. Yeah. It's, it's, it can be, there's like different phases of your career. I find like as your career changes and you grow, you might look for different things as, uh, as you get older and wiser, you might want to look at a different resort. So for me, when I started the, I think if I could go back in time, the resort, I was really happy with the resort I ended up with, but the reason I was happy was because they had a really good incentive program for training and they reimbursed for certification. Although actually they didn't reimburse when I started working there, but now they reimburse. And you're seeing a big crop up, especially in the States of resorts who will reimburse you for your certification. And that's a huge plus. Definitely. I went through my entire certification, like becoming an instructor, the resort that I worked at gave uh, incentives to your pay for attaining certification, but it was not reimbursed. And so like my entire certification from beginning level one through level three and trainer uh, was all out of my own pocket. And so that's definitely something, you know, if you're looking to to move through those ranks and and get certified, that's definitely something to consider is, is working at a resort that does certify, does provide reimbursement for certification. That's a huge incentive. Yeah, and I had the same the same deal. I never got reimbursed for any as well, but it's really nice to see the the resorts doing that more now. The resort the resort I'm at now, based out of the reason that I picked that resort was because they were small enough that I could still know everyone and have like a reasonably good relationship with the training manager, the supervisors, the ski school director. It seemed small enough that we could all get to know each other. And it was still big enough that I could have full-time, full-time work. And I think, I think that's kind of the balance that I've found has been really good for me is, is size. Size is important. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I started teaching in Steamboat in 2004 and the entire school is about 300 instructors, ski and snowboard. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you know, like compared to where I work at Vail now with, with 1400 instructors, like I knew the entire 
ski school in, in Steamboat. And I go back there and I still recognize most of the same people. Whereas there's plenty of instructors in Vail that I've never met. And, you know, like getting, especially when you're getting started at a ski school, working somewhere where you're going to be able to build those relationships and have some friends in the locker room and, and get to know people. That's, that's a huge piece. Being able to get some referrals from some instructors that have been there a longer time and, and um, kind of feeling like a part of a community. I think that's a big part of getting established in a ski school. And, um, yeah, that, that size of the school is definitely an element to, to consider. Are you someone who is going to, to thrive more in that kind of maybe less personal, larger ski school, or are you someone who's going to do better in that family, you know, really small ski school? You can even go to like, go to the Midwest where maybe the entire ski school is 30 instructors and you're going to have that really close knit community, um, you know, or somewhere in between working at a school with two or 300 instructors, uh, where you're going to have some of those, uh, some of those close-knit elements, and some of the benefits of some of the bigger school elements. When you look at snow sports schools, like you're talking about the size and pros and cons of each size, one of the things I think of is training. If if you do want to go for certification, and you want you you want good training, you can train yourself. But if you're someone who relies on a good trainer, someone who needs that type of learning, you might be better off picking a little bit of a bigger ski school with a bigger training program. You know, I know for myself, I I went through levels one and two at an extremely small ski school. You know, by the time I got my level two, I was the highest certified instructor there. And then when I when I moved to a bigger ski resort and got the rest of my certifications at a larger one. And it was good to have a pool of resources as I went a little bit higher. Sometimes it can be difficult, but I was just in a, in a, in a time when I needed that kind of direct guidance, but you don't necessarily have to have that. I think it depends on your learning style. Something I've noticed as, as I've traveled around and, and led training at ski schools all over the country is every ski school I've been in, there's been some element there where I was like, Ooh, that I, I could work here. This is a, this is cool. You know, whether it's being at, at Buck Hills or Afton Alps or, or, uh, somewhere out, out in the Midwest where you've got night skiing and you could be, you know, burning laps from four to 9 PM every night and, and working on your own development there, or, you know, um, you know, going to Crested Butte and just the, the community and the mountain and the elements that they've got going for them there, the snow, you know, like, Crested Butte's one of those places that mm-hmm. I, I was in that school for a couple of days leading, leading some training. And I was like, yeah, I could definitely work here. I uh-huh. went back to Steamboat. We were just in Steamboat last week for an event. And, um, you know, and, and that's where I started teaching and, and the school there, the kind of the Western atmosphere that, that they've mm-hmm. developed for that whole ski resort. Like there's a lot of probably nostalgia, but just also it's an awesome ski area to work at. And they've got a good training program. They've got a really close knit kind of family there. And, you know, and then I'm up, in in blue sky in the back of Vail today and it's just one of the most beautiful resorts i've ever worked at and yeah. i just feel like everywhere i've gone there's been some element yeah and, and we have the we have the luxury of getting to work at all these different ski areas and seeing all of those pros and cons yeah and what i really liked when josh suggested this topic was just thinking back to the kind of the dumb luck i stumbled into working at steamboat and then and then Vail. um but being a rookie instructor you know you've never taught anywhere and you're looking at like jobs.com yeah. becoming a ski instructor. Like there's, there's a bunch of those elements that, that I wish I'd known when I started looking and I, and I, I really like the path I ended up on, but it would have been cool to know some of these elements going into it. 
what um what do you think about when you look at like ski areas around the u.s in terms of places that you'd want to work the places i would want to work well i really enjoy working at keystone where i work at now kind of like i was talking about it's it's small enough that i have a personal relationship with everyone but it's big enough that it can kind of supply full-time work uh i look at steamboat I was just up there and I was just like you, I was thinking, man, this is a cool ski school. This is, this is the right size. It's big enough that everyone knows, knows each other, but it's, or sorry, it's big enough that it has a good program, but it's small enough that everyone knows each other. So I think those are, those were really cool things. I think about Big Sky though, like when I'm in Big Sky, Montana, and the main draw for that place is terrain. That's which is something that I just thought about. Like that should be something as well. If if you're looking at really moving like great distances for a job, what's the terrain it has to offer? Because that's such a key piece. And Big Sky, that has a pull for terrain for me because it's it's new and I haven't spent a lot of time in that zone with like that really gnarly backcountry type stuff. Like the you triple know, black diamonds. The triple yeah, it's right. They they yeah they have a triple triple black diamonds, but you know where there's not many places in in the world that I've ran into where in order to go do an inbounds run you have to have a probe beacon and shovel and you have to check in and it's mandatory that you have a partner that's going to go with you it's inbounds it's controlled but you have to check in with patrol like that that's so crazy to me so I look at I look at big sky I think that's that would be a resort where I could possibly go to and snowboard that's awesome. What about you? If 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 Vale all of a sudden if you were going to move, where would you move to? So I think I, I think terrain like like you just said. I think culture like yeah like a, you know whether it's the the western vibe at at, at Steamboat or you know Beaver Creek's kind of got the Ivy League of schools thing going for them like the gated community and you go up there and like there's 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 atmosphere there's character to so many of the ski areas and. Um, you know, I look at Telluride as having that blend of community, amazing terrain, really cool culture, and just like the town itself. And Telluride's really cool. Same with Crested Butte. There's always been a draw to go back to Steamboat. Like I loved working in Steamboat. I've never been to Telluride. Telluride's awesome. You should is get, it? You should get down to Telluride. It's one of the sure. things that you don't go there unless you're headed there, right? You right. can't pass through it. Like it's a dead end. It's literally the end of the road. It, Telluride's just a cool little town, and yeah. like you know they've got the bluegrass festival in the summer, and like the people that live in Telluride live in Telluride because it's because it's a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah. And that's like the community piece is so key. You know, one of the other elements yeah. I think is is family, right? So there's there's a piece of me that looks at at resorts in the Northwest because my, my brother and his family live there and my parents live up in the Northwest and you know, you've got Stevens and Baker and uh, just pretty awesome resorts, Snoqualmie, Alpenthal, mm-hmm. access to Whistler Blackcomb. And you know, there's just great resorts up there as well and different snowpacks. Um, yeah. I, man, I think if I was applying for a new job, like it yeah, hadn't done this apply? before, I would be looking at, I would be looking at that combination of community, culture, terrain, um, okay, two. Name your top two. two. Top two. Where would it be? Crested Butte. You're saying Crested Butte a lot. Crested Butte's pretty cool. I tell tell you, ride would be pretty high on the list. Yeah. Uh, Big Sky behind the list. Whistler really? Blackcomb behind the list. Yeah. It's funny though. You think about like where you'd go to like start a career, like knowing what you know very now. Different. Very, very different. Very like, different. Very different. Where do where do I want to go retire and teach like part time? Yep. Those are yep. two very different things as well. Yeah. If I want to go start my career, I'm way more 
big resort. Yep. Get me to a big resort with a huge training program that is going to reimburse me for my certification, and I'm going to have access to all kinds of different trainers who are going to give me all kinds of different perspectives on learning, teaching, whatever it is. I don't want to be the highest certified person at my resort after I get my level one um, or my level two. As I get older, the more and more I'm gravitating to a smaller resort. But the thing that you said, or one of the things you said that made me think of something was, I want a resort with a community. Like, and I don't mean like a community of instructors. I mean a town. Yeah. And I always really liked that about Breckenridge. Like when I moved there, there was a lot of people that didn't work at the ski resort. It had a town. It had a feel. It had, it had a feel that was more than just the ski resort, you know? And I've been to towns like sometimes when I think about Big Sky, like, okay, like Big Sky is not a town. It's a resort, and yep. then you drive down into the into the the um the meadow they call it down there where the town of Big Sky is. But that's not really a town either, you know. I feel like at least that's the feeling I get. Really, you got to go all the way to Bozeman to get a town. So that that's that's kind of important to me as well as having a town. Yeah. Maybe less now, but was was then. I I think it's a huge piece. I it's probably the thing I. It's the thing I miss the most living in Vail. Like, I, I, Vail is a great place to teach. It's a great place to train. It's a great mountain to ride. Yeah. We've got good parks. We've got amazing access to backcountry. Like, everything about this, the mountain is great. It's a great, great place to, to get hooked up with some clients. Yeah. And you've got people that live in East Vail, West Vail, north side of the highway, south side of the highway. Yeah. And you've got Minturn, Avon, Edwards, like all the way down to Eagle and Gypsum, people are just spread. Like you're like, Oh, you guys want to go to drink tonight? And they're like, Oh, we're heading to Eagle and like, Oh no, we're oh, heading to Eastvale. And like, it's just yeah. like this, the I 70 stretch and like everyone's yeah. headed one way or another versus like in steamboat, everyone's getting on the bus at the end of the day and busting back to town and in Telluride, yeah. they're all going down to one bar and in Crested Butte, they're all going to one place. And it's just, I, I do, I miss that community. And, and like you said, it's not so much the ski instructor community, although that's really important too, I think, but just having an actual town and that's probably the small town roots for me that kind mm-hmm. of flares up when I'm in those smaller ski towns that have an actual town uh, or an actual city, like that flares up a little bit and I go, man, it'd be nice to live in a place where there's some, some roots to the city as well as to the ski area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's cool. That's, I mean, maybe it's this, maybe it's the small town roots. Yeah, but it feels good to have a community, one spot where everyone can go and kind of kind of get to know each other. It's it's hard when you're picking a ski school. I think, you know, the second part of Josh Taylor's question was how to draw this information out during the interview process. I think some of it you just can't draw out in the interview interview process. Is that's that's the main thing. Um like the feel of the town, but you can look on Google Maps, you can kind of have a feel, but ask them Maybe if you could speak to um, one of their senior instructors about, hey, I, before I accept this job, can I talk to one of your senior instructors who's been working there for a while? I have some questions about the community in the town. Um, some other questions that come to mind you could ask would be uh, how many, uh, what number of level three certified instructors do you have in each discipline? Um, how many uh, average training hours do you put out a year for your training program for whether it's snowboard or ski or whatever you're looking for? Those are all questions you could ask in a, in a, um, in an interview that might give you a little bit of a heads up to what you might be getting into. Yeah. Those are, those are great questions. Um, you know, the other tool that's at everyone's fingertips now is social media. And yeah, uh, I've answered 
dozens, uh, gosh, probably close to 50, 60 questions now from people that have considered coming to work at Vail and they've found me through through Instagram or Facebook and they're like, hey, what's it like to work there? And that's easy enough to find. Most ski yep. schools have some kind of social media presence. If they don't, the mountain most likely does. So you can reach out online and, and get in touch with, with somebody who's maybe a trainer or, or an instructor at that resort. And, and a lot of times you can get connected straight with them and ask, ask those questions directly to some of the staff that works there. Or if nothing else, just looking at the photos they post, like, does it look like the kind of place you want to work? I think one of the other key elements there is is kind of goal setting for yourself as well as evaluating the school, really knowing what it is you're looking for. Are you looking for like a career and you want to get certified and you want that training program and the things that you and I definitely needed as yeah. we were coming in? Or are you looking for a part-time job and you want to backline as much as possible and your goal is to get a, a pass? And... <laughs> then it's terrain. Right. Well, <laughs> then, then it's terrain, terrain driven. But there's schools yeah. where that's going to fly better than than others, right? Like True. If, you're, if you're coming to work here at Vail and you're thinking you're going to be able to backline on President's Weekend, this isn't the right school for you, right? Yeah. And there's, there's so like knowing some of the, the attributes that you're looking for in a school are definitely going to help in in setting yourself up with, with the right school and, and being really honest about that like yeah i probably want to only teach 15 days a year and i want to free ride 100 days a year and um and this is these are the things i want to free ride i want to be able to ride a sweet park or i want steep yeah. steep backcountry access or i want x y or z like knowing those things are going to help steer you towards a mountain just as much as knowing whether or not they have a training program yeah good points i think uh, yeah that's important those are really important things it's it's difficult though, man. I, I would say don't don't be afraid to move. Yeah. You know, like like I I, I did a move late in my career in the last couple of years. You know, to 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 go to a little bit of a smaller ski school, just because I felt like that's what I needed to do at that point in time, and it was great. It was really good for me. Um, going down to New Zealand was also good to get a feel of a different ski school down there, like. The ability to 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 understand how different ski school ski schools operate, you'll kind of get a sense of because sometimes, well, sometimes you don't know how good you have it. I find that a lot with people who come to work here in this region where we're at is people will come and I hear them complain about, oh, there's not enough training and blah 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 blah. This is I'm like, man, <laughs> you have no clue. You are in the best one of the best areas in the country to get training right now like do you have any idea when i got my level one and my level two i had no training no one helped me i didn't have one single clinic hour i went to the website i figured it out i trained for it myself you know like, like i had to take the chairlift uphill both ways yeah up, uphill both ways but that's it like sometimes you need to change schools to see how good you have it as well and i find that a lot with people in this area they don't they don't quite get it and understand how good they have it yeah, when I was in management, one of the things I thought was was the instructor that's been to more resort like that makes you more valuable as an instructor in my mind when you've got that perspective, and you you understand uh, what things are like at different ski schools, you know, and, and just even yeah, New Zealand's a great 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 uh, way to highlight that. Like I got down to the Remarkables, and they're like, oh yeah, we're such a huge ski school, we've got 160 instructors. <laughs> and yeah, for their yeah. region, they're massive, right? Like, yeah. That's a big ski school there. Yeah. And coming from here, it's a very small ski school. And yeah. And just so that perspective, like being able to being able to move is huge. And and um, 
you know, I've worked for a number of years at a couple of ski schools. Like I haven't, I haven't jumped around a lot. I've got, I've got longer time periods at a very few number of ski schools. And I know people that have done two or three years at, at a dozen different ski schools. Right. And how many ski schools have you worked for? Um, directly worked for, I've worked for Alieska up in Alaska, yep. Vail Mountain, Steamboat, House and Hill in also in Steamboat and, uh, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. for the winter sports club there. Yeah. And then the Remarkables. Four and four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. You know, and that's yeah, not yeah, counting yeah. like ASI days and you know clinically. Right. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. But directly employed yep. for for those. Yeah. I've I've worked for. This is gonna. This will be. This one will be my half. Which is, I worked for a school program that ran its program out of a ski resort, Ski Cooper. Um, then I worked at Monarch. Then I worked at Breckenridge, and now I work at Keystone. And you've worked at Remarkables and Coronet. And and I did a season at Remarkables, and I've done three seasons at Coronet Peak down in New Zealand. Yeah, which is great. It was really good to see all those different schools. Yeah. That that was that was some of the best experience I ever got was seeing how different schools were ran. Yeah, and so you know that's one of the like one of the reasons I ended up teaching at Steamboat was because I had friends there, and then I ended up staying there. But like going to a school or going to a resort where you have friends is a really good way to pick a school because you've got yeah. kind of a built-in support network. Or maybe your family has friends there or like I know of people that have gone to work at a mountain because their family or their family friends has a condo there that they can rent. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so you, if you've got an in, if you've got a way to get a leg up as a start, like by all means, take that. Especially with housing these yeah. days. Especially with housing. Yeah. Man, your first year can be tough. Yep. Really tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you've got a taste for that resort. And if you like it or not, you can always look at another ski school the next year. But yep. that's a huge one is if you've got some kind of advantage at a ski school, man, jump on that a hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. So there's a, there's a few, a few different ideas on how to choose a school and, and how to evaluate those, those schools as you're looking through there. Uh, you guys though have worked at more ski schools than me and Nick have, <laughs> True. you know, so We'd love to hear your ideas. Where, how did you end up at the ski school you ended up at? Um, how did you decide that one? Yeah, what are your top things you look for in a ski yeah. school? Because, you know, people, if you post a comment, people do read them. I think it's good to post those things or send us an email if you want. But, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's something that deserves thought, the ski school that you want to work with. You know, I've known people that have struggled in a ski school and moved and then thrived yeah. in a different ski school just because of some different circumstances, but very important that you make those decisions wisely. Definitely. Great. Well, I think that's us for this episode. At least I don't have anything else to say, Chris. No, that's, that's it for me this week and, and look forward to, uh, to hearing what you guys have to say on the, on this topic. It'll be cool to see, see you chime in on this one. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. As always guys, catch you next week. All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Snowboarding is a podcast by me, Nick Alfieri. And me, Chris Rogers. If you have thoughts on this week's episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can continue the conversation with us and other listeners on our Facebook page. You can also email us questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to discuss at our email address, learnedfromsnowboarding at gmail.com. If you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe, write a review, and help others find our show. Thanks for listening.